Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, I'm Sam Delaney. And I'm Andy Dawson. And today we sat in for one day only for Paul and Andy on H&J. We had a great time doing it, didn't we? We did, it was brilliant. I mean, it wasn't our fault that we were there. We no. were asked Some to... people objected to us being there, but take that up with the authorities, I say. Take we just do com. what we're told. Um, anyway, we had some good guests. We spoke to Alistair Campbell about rumours that Tony Blair's trying to take over football and also... Um, other stuff like Burnley and his silly diaries. We had Christian Fuchs, the actual footballer, yeah, came in. Yeah, but he's not coming in us. on the podcast. So you missed that part of the meeting. <laughs> Talk about the lawnmower man. We had a lawnmower man who's broken a world record, who seemed slightly confused about his world record and indeed who he was. It was a breathtaking interview. Mysterious. I'll be honest, we didn't expect much of this um, lawnmower man. No. But what happened once we got him on air will be... Remembered for many years. Some of the some of the best investigative journalism I think you're going to hear for a long time. I ate the man for breakfast. <laughs> and he will never, ever forget it. And rightly so. And we also had some great chin wagging between the two of us. Oh, of so course. have a listen. Good start. It was great. I got my co-host name wrong. Um, and good and friend, as you it, just said it's all a moment all, ago. Yeah, I mean that that was that was all, a lie. That already was a transparent uh. lie. Uh, an associate who I know is sat yeah. beside me. Yeah, you're uh, contractually uh, obliged to sit next to for three yeah. hours and feign camaraderie with uh. Andy. In all honesty, I do feel um, six out of ten about being sit, sat here with you. <laughs> And um, that's, you know, as good as That's not get. bad. You're not overwhelmed. You're not underwhelmed. You're just no. you're merely whelmed by well, my presence. You know, there. you're a very down-to-earth, plain-talking northern man, yeah. and you don't approve of extreme emotions one way or no, the other. No, So if I'd come here and said, oh, I'm tremendously excited about being with you, you'd have found that off-putting and annoying, wouldn't that's you? That's true. And as, as I described you the other day as a, an attention-seeking baby man... <laughs> So we're kind of like, it's a nice contrast there between our two That's styles right, of yeah. um, personality. That, that is what I am. In fact, let me just quickly change my Twitter bio. Attention-seeking baby man. Okay, so I'm six out of ten. Being I assume you're no more than a three about yeah. being sat beside me. But like I said to listeners, let's make the best of it it's for just, the next three hours. just up to a two. It was a three. 
you enjoyed you enjoyed watching the football last night, the European football. I didn't absolutely you? loved the Champions League last night. I'm not always a massive fan of the group stage because it gets a bit tedious. But last night was brilliant. I think the um, the the change of the kickoff times, having two matches at um, at five to six, was really good because then you can just sit and watch two games in the evening. It feels as though you've got that World Cup vibe kind yeah. of back. You know, there's a match. Whoa, hang on, make a cup of tea. There's another match starting. Um, you can binge. You can binge you can on Champions binge on it. League the, uh, uh, the, Did you see the new Champions League ball? No. I mean, obviously, well, you must have seen it. You watched the football. Did you avert your eyes whenever the ball appeared? I didn't watch the football last night, mate. It's talk sport. He's supposed to Do you want to know what I did? The, the, no, I, was go- I went and saw a film about ballet. True story. Sam. I went and saw the premiere of the film about Rudolf Nureyev. The uh, famous Russian ballet dancer. Sam, man. you've got you've got three hours ahead of you on Talksport, yeah. the world's mm. largest sports radio station. <laughs> yeah. Last night was the launch of this season's Champions League campaign. <laughs> you went to see a film about ballet, ballerina film. Well, <laughs> it had been in doubt for a while because a mate of mine made the move, like help, you know, he's a producer, and he, and he wanted me to be there. And when I got the invite, I didn't cross check with the Champions League fixtures. And then when I realised what was happening, I thought, well, it's the first round of the group stages. At the Champions League, I usually don't really engage full excitement until after Christmas. Although, uncharacteristically for this stage of the Champions League, they were proper fixtures that sounded glamorous and exciting. But what can I say? I promised the mate, so I was watching a bloke doing pirouettes. Was it a proper premiere? Was there a red carpet and VIP rope and all that? Darcy Bustle was there. Oh. And Joanna Lumley. Oh. And listen to this. Guess who I ended up sitting there? I'm, I'm sat in not one of the good seats where, you know, the celebs are. I'm up up the back in yeah. the cheaper seats. But then about 20 minutes into the film, someone, a, a late arrival, squeezes past, says, excuse me, mate. Mm-hmm. And it was um, Andy Serkis. Is that his name? Oh, for, the Goblin it from was, the films. It was, Go- it was Gollum. <laughs> Goblin. I sat next to Goblin. <laughs> from the he films. He also plays Snoke in Star Wars. <laughs> and and Ian I Jury. Sa- yes, he's, he's Jury played a well. lot. He's played a lot, mate. And uh, I sat next to him the whole film, occasionally glancing at him for a few moments too long in the darkness. What's his What's his film viewing routine? Has he got any? Un- he chuckled un- a couple of times. Has he got any? Does he eat? Does he drink? No, the, there was no snacks. Did no he go drinks, to the toilet? Nothing. Nothing like that. He didn't. He didn't give me a moment's trouble. No, he behaved himself, him. did he? Because when he first shuffled past, obviously I did a sign a tap before I realised it yeah. was Goblin. Oh, God, it's circus. Yeah. I was like, oh look who it is, circus. Typical. <laughs> Late, late yeah, again, tap, Circus. Tap your watch as he went past And I me. thought, this is going to be trouble, I can tell. Yeah. I can sense he's going to be trouble. But he didn't give me a moment's trouble. Would you give no, him... I gave him more trouble what, than he gave me. What would you give him out of ten? More than six? Well, I'm slightly <sighs> loath to give anything more than six in your presence. But yeah. no, I'll give him a solid six. I mean, he didn't bring any benefits, but he didn't really bring many negatives apart from the late arrival. If he's listening to this now, he's probably thinking, I deserve more than a six. I like, a, I like a seven. Uh, probably my favourite bit of his performance as someone sat next to me in the cinema <laughs> was there wasn't many laughs it was a good film but it's yeah. not many laughs it's about like the dramatic life of this russian uh, ballet dancer who defected to the west in the 60s right yeah. and became a big celebrity um but in one bit there's a good bit where he swears <laughs> right which probably my you're favorite. really selling it well this actually segues nicely to one of my it was it was the best bit in the film because you're thinking it's all about ballet and it's quite serious but yeah. then the russian ballet dancer says a bad swear word to a kid <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny starting to warm to this now yeah because there's a story about a kid and like this other ballet teacher says oh this kid came up and he was so excited because he said nuri have spoke to me nuri yeah. have spoke to me and she said what did he say and the kid goes he told me to f off <laughs> 
<laughs> and I thought that was funny. And um, so did Andy Serkis. And he laughed and I felt that we bonded over yeah, that. Yeah, good. Anyway, the Champions League was good, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, what happened again? Yeah, I was watching uh, Inter versus Spurs on the telly and yeah. I had the Barcelona versus PSV match on the iPad oh, right next to the telly. So nice. I, was, I was double bubble. Um, and then, of course, Liverpool against uh, PSG. Fantastic 3-2 victory last minute. Um, it was just really exciting to watch. Yeah. Really exciting. Really good to have it back. And there's more tonight as well, there's but it, it doesn't, doesn't seem to be quite as good tonight. It doesn't. The ties aren't as, as, as mouth-watering. Man City, Leon, and Young Boys versus Manchester United. We'll be catching up with Jamie Jackson with a look ahead to that and the team news and all that sort of stuff. Um, what we, do we want from the listeners? Today, well, so? I'm just talking about the best bit in the film, Nuriev, which oh, is a bit gotcha. where Nuriev talks. Okay, here's the premise, right? Me and Andy were talking about films, and I realised that in this day and age, we've all got short attention spans and loads and loads of stuff that you can watch, loads of entertainment you see it all the time, Andy watching football on two screens at once. Sitting through a whole film, which nowadays they always go on for at least two hours, is boring, no one can be bothered anymore, and you can watch all the favourite bits out of a film mm-hmm. on YouTube, because everyone's clipped it all up. Yeah. So rather than talk about your favourite film, it's much better to talk about your favourite bits. So I've told you the best bit in Nureyev is where Nureyev yeah, swears at a child. Bit, yeah. Every film has its best bit. But our question today is simply, what's the best bit ever in any film? From right? any film. Mm. Okay. Have you got one? I've got a short list of three. Oh, okay. Is that cheating? Well, just give us one for now. We're not going to have another one later on, maybe. All right. <laughs> the bit where... In um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the geezer comes out at Indiana Jones and does all the elaborate sword play, and Indy just pulls out his gun and shoots him. Nice one. It's the best bit, like that. isn't it? That's yeah. the best bit in a in, film. In, in any film. It's no. the best bit in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's possibly the best bit in any film ever. I think by the end of today's show, by four o'clock, we should have, if not the best bit of all time, certainly a top five. Oh, we could get someone to cut them all together and make the ultimate film from the best bits of all the other films. Be a great That'd idea. That'd be watchable, be wouldn't it? A great it? idea, but not the bit of Nureyev swearing at a child. Not at this time of day, for goodness' sake. We've got other things we want to ask listeners. Should we save them we're up se- our sleeve? Um, yeah, we're, we're celebrating greatness, though. Basically, aren't we today? Yeah, yeah. So we want to know. Um, first of all, tell us what the best bits, the, the best bit of all time is. Ring us up. Where's the number? What's the number? Oh, it's one seven. Double two, double, double two, three, double, double four. four. I've only been working for this station about like nine years or something like that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're doing a North versus South debate to settle the question once and for all. But they keep it nice, people, because we don't want people just having pops at Have we had some unpleasant tweets in? Yeah, you'll have Southerners saying bad things about the North and vice versa. Really, what we want you to do is be positive and celebrate where where you're from. Here's a nice one from Michael Ofolua. Uh, he says, I'm an ambulance driver and regularly meet people who are originally from down south and they're 100% say people are more friendly up north. So there you go. Mm, there you and go. he's an ambulance driver, so he should know. We're joined he's on, honest. We're joined on the line by Alistair Campbell, a northerner yeah. who betrayed his roots and moved to the south. Hello, Alistair. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's worse, worse than that. It's a, a northerner who sees himself as Scottish who yes. betrayed both routes and moved to South. You, you don't know where you're coming or going. You're walking no. around London with well, some bagpipes talking in a northern <laughs> accent. That's why I should be put in charge of Brexit, because to do that, you have to not know if you're coming and going. Yeah, well, yeah that's a good point. Um, right, 
I tell you what, Tony Blair might be put in charge of the Premier League, according to an article in the Daily Mail today. Um, oh my God! You, the Daily Mail—they're all—they're always right about it. Tony it must Blair, be true. Um, <laughs> well, You—you you know the truth uh, because you're still best friends. So tell us: Is Tony Blair taking over football? It is news to me, and I suspect it's news to him. Never ever heard anything of that sort ever. And you think that this is, I mean, you know, he might not have told you about secret shadowy he meetings. Might, that were not, I mean, he, might, he might not. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I saw him last week. I'll see him again. Uh, I'm seeing him again next week. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll ask him straight. I always know when he looks me in the eye, I can always tell, right? I'll ask him the question and I'll, and I'll phone you, Sam. I'll let you know. If it was me or you, Sam, we'd been asked to run football. The first <laughs> thing we'd do would be to ring our best mate up, wouldn't it, and tell oh, them. So, definitely. You know, if yeah. it's true, he would have told Alistair by now. He'd have called you up and he said, Alistair, yeah. you never guess. You never guess what I've been offered put now. Put me in charge of football. <laughs> yeah, and also, also, he, he, he would sort of also know, he, he, he would phone up and say, if I took a job in, in charge of the Premier League, would you promise not to kind of slag me off when I do things <laughs> that might damage Burnley. Like, yeah, when we were, I mean, surely as the league stands now, we've got to stop this relegation nonsense. The three bottom clubs have to leave the league. This is... We should be like, should be like the NFL. Oh, yeah. You'd be, <laughs> oh, you'd that be, now, you'd be pulling bottom. strings, wouldn't you, straight away if, you, if, he was in, if he was in charge. It is bad, though. It's a worrying start. Sean Dyche says he doesn't want to blame your European adventures for it. But what, what is the reason? Well, I don't think I think he's right not to do that. I mean, we, you know, and we, we, I mean, I went to all of our European adventure games at Aberdeen and Istanbul and Athens, and we had a lot of, you know, it was good fun. And actually, we, you know, we did pretty well. Um, we're quite unlucky to get knocked out. I mean, I, I hate going on about injuries, but we, you know, if you if you were to say who our four best players are, I think you'd probably go Nick Pope, uh, Stephen DeFore, Robbie Brady, and Goodmanson. And the first three have been out virtually. Season, Pope injured himself in the first game. Goodmanson got injured as well. So, you know, we have had bad luck on that front. I think it's the, the other thing. I think Burnley fans are realistic about this. We we did have an extraordinary year last year, and this year, you know, it, it's like um, we a couple of games that last year we might have drawn, might have won. Uh, this year, we've just not. It's, it's just felt a bit a bit different, and the. I think you know we, we we can't compete on the in the transfer market in the same way that the bigger clubs can. But I still think Sean's. I think he's a great manager. I think he's a great bloke, and I think he'll uh, he'll get them going fairly soon. Um, Alistair, you, a new volume, volume seven of your diaries is out, which I was really pleased to see because it felt like you hadn't had a new volume of your diaries out in literally weeks. <laughs> no, it's exactly a year, Sam. Exactly a year. <laughs> it's exactly a year since you made exactly the same crack. That was when you were working for Vladimir Putin. I'm glad you've stopped doing that. Now. I always take great pleasure in reading each volume of your diaries in great detail. I've done that again this time round. And, and has your daughter read it again? She's read it because, as I always point out to you, keeping diaries is for little girls. And so it's a strange <laughs> thing for an adult male to do. But look, that's your business. Um, great, great stories in here. Uh, for football fans, a remarkable story about Manchester United in which you say Peter Schmeichel uh, put together a consortium to buy the club. Is that right? Well, I've completely forgotten about that until I was editing the diaries. And yet, I mean, it never happened, as we know, but certainly I had a meeting with him in, um, in one of those big posh clubs in Pall Mall. And he was with a, 
a Danish guy who was some kind of big money guy. Um, and he was, that's what he was trying to do and uh, obviously came to nothing. But, uh, yeah, so, true story. So this is 2000, 2007, 2010. So this will have been when the Glazers were already at the helm at United. Is that right? Were they there then? But when did they start? I think it's about 2005, wasn't it? Something yeah, yeah, like yeah. They were, they, were, they were there. It was after that. And I think it was at the time when you had the whole kind of Jim O'Neill thing had been going on and you had a lot of concern about the the way the club was going. And, and I think that, um, that that Peter was he was talking to me about, you know, what sort of political hurdles there might be uh, and also maybe, you know, what, what I thought, that, how I thought they might handle it if they got it off the ground. But it was, uh, I think I had a couple more conversations with him after that, but it never went anywhere. Um, other stories in this book which uh, caught my eye. I always enjoyed, and uh, you know, looking back, some, sometimes when I'm feeling down, I'll look at your row with Adam Bolton during the 2010 <laughs> election um, because I just find it, it puts a smile on my face. And you uh, sort of give your rendition of that famous television car crash, don't you? Yeah. And funny enough, I did uh, an interview with Adam Bolton about the book uh, this morning. And fair play to him, he played the whole thing. <laughs> and then he read out my rendition where I basically said, that, you know, I was winding him up and he rose to it. And this, and then, and he, I've got to say, he then said, and I also said that when I got back to number 10, there was like a standing ovation when I walked in. And he said he got the same thing when he went back to Sky. Mm. And he also said that for years afterwards, he's had policemen and firemen saying to him, why didn't you hit him? <laughs> so, and I don't know. But anyway, I think it was one of those things. I do think he was absolutely at the end of his tether after a very long, tiring campaign. Mm. Um, but it's certainly, you're not the only one, uh, Sam, who, the, the an awful lot of people tell me they've seen that thing quite a lot, yeah. quite, quite often. It's a great watch. Uh, just lastly, before we let you go, Alistair, what is better, North or South? Uh, north. Oh, yes. on, on, on what basis? I think people are much friendlier. There's a very funny thing I saw the other day. Somebody showed me this clip on one of those satire programmes, and it was a it was a, a news programme where the reporter was down in London, and it said a man from the north has been arrested after being found walking around the streets saying good morning to people. <laughs> and they had all these people who were called hello victims. He just nodded at me and he said hello. And I thought, oh, no, I think, look, you get good and bad absolutely everywhere, but I, I do feel that... Uh, I think the North is a friendlier place, and, uh, and and because, as you know, I'm a I'm a Scottish Northerner who moves south. I mm. think Scotland's even friendlier. Alistair, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. And you get again. Well, listen, you now have to say what the book's called, Sam. Come on, this is what we're doing. Book it's called thing. My Some Diaries Cam- by Alistair Campbell, aged fifty. No, it's called <laughs> <laughs> From Crash to Defeat. Alistair Campbell Diaries, Volume Seven, Two Thousand and Two Thousand to Ten. The Revenge. No, it's not called the Revenge. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Sandra Laney and Andy Dawson sitting in for Hawksby and Jacobs this afternoon till four. And if you don't like it, what do you well, say, Andy? what was our motto? It's not our fault we were chosen to do this. Yeah, we didn't ask for this. We're doing our best. Yeah, and we're just here and there's just another hour to go. Uh, we've been asking you, north or south, we want to settle this uh, once and for all. What's better? I think it's been settled. This well, tweet that's just, just come in. Horses. Go on, then. <laughs> you know, earlier you said you'd bought four... Brownies, Brownies for £10. Don't, don't pretend you can't even remember what they're called. <laughs> what are those cakes you had? No. You know, weird square things. Because well, I've been distracted by this picture that's been okay. sent in by Mick Kay. And he says, £10, only available in Scotland, and it's a pizza box. Mm. And in the pizza box, uh, there are five battered onion rings, two battered sausages, uh, what look like five, possibly five battered chicken dippers, a bit of fish that's been battered, some other things that... Uh, a uh, couple of burgers that have been battered as well, some other things that are indistinguishable, and a two-litre bottle of iron brew. Oh, and you get that for 10 quid in Scotland. Would you call that a batter platter? I think you probably have to, Should do, you? shouldn't yeah. you? Uh, it is impressive, and the picture really is mouth-watering. Um, Paul PD, uh, staying on the subject of the superiority of northern food, has said the definition of a Wigan kebab <laughs> is four meat pies on a snooker queue. <laughs> <laughs> or chips half and half, rice with curry sauce over the top, cheaper beer, cheap nights out, oh, and the Premier League champions. Uh, good case, but Mark Brunette has tweeted saying, South is the only place to get a Savaloy. Can't find them anywhere up north. Is that right? What? I thought get... Savaloy's were no. nationwide. No, you can get a Savaloy, you get a Savaloy dip in Sunderland yeah. with peas pudding and gravy in, now, a, in a bun. This is a bit off topic, but going back to the fact that Andy somewhat kind of uh, decadently indulged himself in a Sunday roast on a Monday this week, uh, which he's coming for a lot of grief for. It's a hill I'll die on. Ryan has waded into the debate on Twitter saying, and you brace yourself for this, Yeah. roast dinners are bland, boring, and quite frankly rank. The North can keep them. Well, first of all, Ryan, roast dinners are not a Northern thing. Roast dinners are everyone across there. Anyone who regards themselves as British in any sense has a roast dinner. Uh, so it's not Northern. And second of all, you are wrong, wrong, wrong. He, he looks quite young. He looks under 30. And apparently there's a... There's the a millennials thing, don't eat the roast dinners. They're all, having, they're all having avocados. Smashed avocado on toast instead. 
Disgusting, Wrong. isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the way this country's headed, mate. Um, right. We've also been asking you for your best bits. Uh, best bits ever. Life's all about bits now. Whole films. No one's got time to watch them. It's boring. Uh, take two hours and there's loads of boring things in between all the good bits. So we're trying to establish what the best bit ever is today. Uh, got any runners and riders for us, Andy? Uh, yeah. Lizzie Borden, six on Twitter, says the elevator scene in Drive. Have you seen that one? It's quite violent. Yeah. I've seen Drive. Yeah, it's a bit bit too violent for my tastes. Uh, Joel Hanley says Clarence Beaks on the payphone in Trading Places. Absolutely. Or Bang Eddie, on. Or Eddie Murphy being explained what pork bellies are <laughs> yes. in Trading Places. Yeah. Or the rest of Trading Places. Well, who's that who tweeted that? That was Sam Delaney. No, that no. was uh, Joel Hanley. Joe Hanley. Well, I'm right behind you there, Joe, because that is my favourite film. And I think that's one of the few films that I will be prepared to watch all the way through because it's a best bit after a best bit after a best bit. Uh, what else? Uh, Terry Georgeson says the Reservoir Dogs scene with Mr. Blonde in the warehouse. Again, quite oh, violent. No. That's not violent. That's not a thing we want to think about during the afternoon, no, is it? No, not really. John Quinn says Napoleon Dynamite dancing to Jamiroquai. <laughs> I can't remember that. It sounds great. Uh, Paul Jenkins says Travis walking his son home from school in Paris, Texas from the other side of the road. Mm. I can't remember that one either. No. Uh, Bit art housey. Yeah, it's not really For the likes sort of, of us. Um, what else have we got? We've got the evil coin that's not a film that's the name of a man on twitter <laughs> that'll be a great film that would have the evil great. coin yeah maybe a, his biopic he says uh finally the power of john williams music again the asteroid chase in the empire strikes back makes me weep well i nominated my best bit earlier as possibly um indiana jones shooting the man in the market who has does all the sword does play on the, him yeah uh but i the other bit that i think has got to be there or thereabouts is in return of the jedi Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker is walking yeah. the plank into yeah. Jabba the Hutt's giant sand pit. It's a pit with a tongue. Uh, I don't know what you'd call if it. If you're going to have a pit, yeah. put a tongue in it. It's it's Jabba's tongued pit in the desert. Mm. And he's going to jump into it. He's been made to walk the plank. And last minute, he does a Jedi somersault, bounces back up out of the pit. R2-D2 fires him his... Um, a lightsaber and Luke causes absolute mayhem on Jabba's flying spaceboat. Remember yeah. that bit? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's good, isn't it? It's pretty good. Um, my favourite bit is from The Penguins of Madagascar. Yeah, great film. <laughs> Where um, the penguins are faced with some leopard seals and head penguin, I've forgotten what his name is. He says, uh, leopard seals, nature's snakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great line. And his compadre says, aren't snakes nature's snakes? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, gang, in case you're worried that we're not talking about sport enough today, don't worry, because around about half three, we're going to have Jodie Fassinger um, joining us, who has just set a new world record for lawnmower pushing, going 57.6 miles in 24 hours. Impressive stuff, right, Andy? Definitely. I mean, what's that, 57 miles in 24 hours? That is pool, two and a half miles an hour? Yeah. That, is that that impressive? How did he or she do it? Um, I don't know if Jodie's a man or a woman. We'll establish that shortly. It's a man. Uh, <laughs> just been told. News just in. Jody is a man. And uh, we will find out how he went about achieving that So many questions. Thing. How big is the lawnmower? Yeah, what sort of lawnmower? Because if it's a fly mower, it's easy. It more or less drags you along. 
You don't have to put any effort well, is into it, it. Is it plugged in though to fly more? How do you push it fifty-seven miles? Just have a really long extension. Is it a hover mower? Yeah, yeah, that's what a fly mower is. Yeah, but you know, how do you push that fifty-seven? But a hover mower, a hover mower is basically like that, and that, and this ties into best bits. Um, Michael J. Fox's floating skateboard in Back yeah. to the Future too. It's basically the same technology. If it's a hover mower and it's going to be powered by some kind of generator, sure the generator is going to be heavier than the lawnmower. So the really impressive thing is whoever pushed the generator for him. Quite right. All these questions and more will be answered when Jody joins us at half past three, gang. So don't go anywhere. Uh, back to North versus South. Paul PD got in touch again and Paul BD is basically sending just a series of really delicious looking northern food stuffs he sent a picture <laughs> of a massive pie that's been hacked at with a fork and just a puddle I think you'd call it a puddle of mushy peas we keep things simple up here our pies are full of meat our caviar is mushy and we keep our beer name simple and in the smallest size available no half pints here fair enough mate I'm starting to feel sorry for the south now because this has become a bit of a drubbing to be honest. Uh, Tom Howarth says, you know the South is struggling in the argument when they're trying to claim Savaloys. <laughs> what next? The Parmo is a London dish? You're right. This is poor. Um, uh, cabbies. Cabbies. Uh, London taxi drivers. I'm putting them forward. I mean, look, I'm having to fight almost solo here. Jimmy Neil. South. And you can tell my heart's not particularly You said cabbies. It. I'll just react with Jimmy Neil. Beat that. What's better, Jimmy Nail or London Cabbies? Mm, well, get in touch and let us know. Maybe that's a separate sub poll in itself. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Delaney and Dawson for one day only. Um, is that in, what you're calling us now? Is Delaney and Dawson. That, well, is, is I'm not trying to like turn it into. And wise. I'm not trying to thing? put it are we into. We're a brand now, are we? Mate, I'm not trying to turn it into a brand. I just have, I've said our names in various different ways, and that tripped off the tongue easily. Two and a half hours ago, you said that you were six out of ten happy to be sat next That's to right. me for this shorter day, and now That's you're right. trying to turn us into some kind I'm of brand. Trying, no, I've not registered it with Companies House yet. I've not yet licensed individual plastic figures of us. Or anything like that. I wonder if Just said our surnames. I could, if I'd said Sam and Andy, that's confusing because it could be Andy Jacobs who would usually be sat here. At this well, time I've just looked at the dot com and someone snapped that up at two forty-five p.m. today. Was that you? Yeah. It During was. an ad break. Yeah, it was. Delaneyandawson.com. Listen to this. Okay, you came in for a lot of grief for admitting to having a roast on a Monday instead yeah. of Sunday. Wrongly. B- bit of debate about that. Uh, Doddy White has this to say I have a roast dinner most days don't bother on a Sunday hashtag hangover who the hell do you think you are Dottie White right coming on Twitter by extension coming on our radio show Mm -hmm. coming on to talk sport boasting about your insanely extravagant lifestyle when you know there are people struggling to have a roast dinner even once a week and you're giving it the large one. I've got a roast dinner. Southern I have a most, roast dinner most days, probably. It's a, I'll admit, that is a southern cocky attitude. Yeah. Uh, Delaney Man on the Twitter or Profanity Swan or at TalkSport. Earlier on, I said at Talk Radio, which was an embarrassing mistake. Um, right, Jodie Fassinger's on the line. Hello, Jodie. Hi, Jodie. Oh, hello. Hello. Ooh, caught him by surprise caught there. by surprise there, didn't we, mate? <laughs> Uh, she, jo- did. she did for a second, but I'm on it now. Jodie Fassinger, <laughs> as you know, but perhaps our listeners don't, you are a gardener and record breaker who just set a new world record for lawnmower pushing. That's correct, isn't it? 
That that is correct. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about the record. Oh, uh, oh, uh, I, I think it's about fifty miles, ninety kilometres. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on a minute. Whoa. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Just pr- press pause. Press pause for a minute, because now I have more questions than I thought I would. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> First of all, I say hello to you, and you literally act like you didn't know you were coming on. <laughs> then that's fair enough. Maybe you won't say it. Then I ask you about the world the world mm. record mm. that you've just broken. Yeah. You are in a, a tiny elite of humans who have ever lived to have broken a world record. I've asked you what that to tell me what that record is. You sound surprised at the question and you don't even know the answer. You were very good best. What on earth is going on? I mean, this is well. all about exact when when you're a record breaker. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing. (laughs) If you want to be a record breaker, as was well documented by Roy Castle. um, Dedication is what you need. is what you need. And you have scant dedication to the facts. (laughs) You don't Uh, know. You said around, I know better than you do what your record is. You You said around 60 miles. It was 57.6 miles, Jody. Oh, did I? <laughs> you broke I, I, you broke the record, and then you immediately forgot what the record was. But I added to it, so it sounds. Yeah, better. so you're lying as well. <laughs> you don't need to because you oh, are. All right, all right, Sam, go easy on him. All right, sorry. Is a world, you, is a world got, record breaker. I got annoyed there, but I just I admire you for breaking the record, and I think that you should take it more seriously. That's all I'm saying. Well, my the 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 person who set it all up, my wife, is is the one who measured everything. She knows she she's the person that runs my life, and she's <laughs> gone on today. So I I don't know what I'm up to so, without her there looking after it, it, it like was, a baby. It was your wife that measured it, and not it wasn't Norris McWhorter from the Guinness Book of World Records. Norris they they wanted five grand just to turn up. Oh, oh now it comes out. <laughs> So how do how we know if this hasn't been inf- officially endorsed oh, or legitimized yeah, by it's, it's, the Guinness Book of Records? There's been no, it has been. There was like um, we had to film it all, and we had to get a surveyor in to come and measure it, and he did it all via satellite, and you know all this bits and pieces. So it's 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 all done. But well, for well, them to do the legwork, they wanted some some cash. Up front. Mm. Where did it take place? Was it a fifty-seven point six mile straight line? Ah, if only, if only it was. It was in a very small circle. So it was in a. It was in an athletics park. So I just walked in a circle for twenty-four hours. Oh my god! Yeah, you did it, it for was... charity. The producer, because he clearly thinks that we have got you on here and bullied you unfairly. Although I would argue you've brought that on yourself. Uh, it was for charity. Uh, what was, was? What charity did you do it for? Uh, for Julia's house, but uh, you know it was a good charity. I think good. they they just maybe eBayed the mower off. If anyone, how much did that go mower. for? I don't know. I don't know the wife. Okay, again, you don't know. Facts, Jody. Are you in fact Jody Fassinger, who you claim <laughs> no, to be, or I, I are you an imposter one, but... masquerading <laughs> as the world lawnmower champion? Uh, I, definitely, I am. Um, I have the certificate somewhere. Okay. Oh, t- somewhere. Put that. Somewhere doesn't <laughs> yeah. know where. The, t- the wife tucked it away somewhere, <laughs> so, you know. T- Jordy, tell us a little bit about the lawnmower that you used. Oh, it was a Honda. It was a really tiny little Honda right. push mower. Okay. It was a, you know, good machine, lovely. We used, uh, like, a Aspen fuel. They do, like, racing fuel. Right. So they kept fueled up for 24 hours. 
Um, so you didn't yeah. need to add extra fuel to it. It was it was fueled up for oh, the no. whole time. Continually stop, have it have it refuel. You know, right? Was, did it have a did it have a grass box on the back? It did. Had to collect it all. But yeah. as it was going in a very small circle after the first couple of stripes, everything was. So you weren't really cutting any grass after the first sort of few minutes. Uh, that's the thing. I, I mean, what was the point in having the machine running? Because you know. <laughs> You're questioning your own world record now, Jordy. Well, I, I'm going by their rules. I'm going by their rules. Yeah. They said mower running, which right. in a straight line would have made more sense. But yeah. In a circle, you know. Right. You could have done 28.8 28. miles in a straight line, then turn around and come back. Absolutely. Two beautiful, very long strides. Yeah. Jody, uh, when is your wife back? <laughs> She's back on Thursday. <laughs> okay, well, the sooner she can get back, the better, because I'm oh, fearing no, for your well-being, it. because it, it feels to me as if she's, you know, so much in charge that you're a bit of a loss. Um, we should also get maybe um, H&J, when they're back, should mm. get Jodie's wife on. Yeah. So we can get, get a bit more clarity on all of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jodie, so. it, it has been a pleasure talking to you, though, and, and well done for raising yeah, all that congratulations. money. Excellent. Thank you so much. Good man. All the best. Jodie Fassinger there, record-breaking lawnmower man. Well, I'm sorry, Jodie, if that is your real name. That is what you get when you're dealing with a top journalist like Sam Delaney. If only his wife hadn't gone away. <laughs> None of this would have like, happened. He was like a baby. He was. Oh, sorry, my wife looks after that. Oh, sorry, my wife looks after What happens when he goes to the shops to try and buy I had himself? to call you off at one point, do you remember? I know, you, you were sort of right to, but then I went back in again. <laughs> you know there's a fight in a pub up. and your mate pulls you off says, come down, you go, all right, I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm calm. And then suddenly you're like, <laughs> come on <laughs> It was like that. But he goaded me, mate, and uh, journalistic instinct took over. So anyway, that was Jody, um, and all in all, we had a nice day, didn't we? Yeah, it was nice to be here. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I'll give it a solid seven. Thanks, everyone. Don't worry. The lads are back tomorrow. Thanks, bye. So now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.